Hello, this is Dr. David Friedman, host of To Your Good Health Radio. Ovarian cancer affects approximately 222,000 women in America. Unfortunately, even with therapy, many will experience a high rate of recurrence. In fact, of those going into remission, nearly 85% will see the cancer return. Once this happens, it's often incurable. There used to be just one option. Get chemotherapy and watch and wait until the cancer came back. Joining us to share a new maintenance option that can extend and even delay recurrence of ovarian cancer, it's television, film, and Broadway actor Scott Foley. He'll be sharing his personal story on why he's part of a new movement called Not On My Watch. There's renewed hope for those diagnosed with ovarian cancer. Stay tuned to learn more. It all starts now. It's To Your Good Health Radio with number one best-selling author and renowned wellness expert, Dr. David Friedman, changing lives just for the health of it. Our next guest is a recognized television, film, and Broadway actor, director, and producer. He began his career appearing on several award-winning shows like Dawson's Creek, Grey's Anatomy, and House M.D. He went on to star in the critically acclaimed series Felicity and the hit drama Scandal, and also Wes Craven's movie Scream 3. He's currently starring in ABC's new show Whiskey Cavalier, but his biggest role happened off-screen, and at an early age, he acted as a secondary caregiver to his mother during her time with recurrent ovarian cancer. He helped her through multiple recurrences for four years before losing her to the devastating disease. And at the time, treatment options were limited and much time was spent just watching and waiting for the cancer to come back. Thanks to a new innovation created by Tessero, there's a maintenance treatment that offers hope for women with recurrent ovarian cancer. Here to tell us more, welcome to the show, Scott Foley. Hey, thank you for having me. It's, it's a pleasure. Oh, it's great. Appreciate you joining us. Such an important topic. Now, you know, you're part of a national movement called Not On My Watch that informs and empowers women with recurrent ovarian cancer. Tell us more about that. How did you get involved? Yeah, you know, I was, uh, I was approached because my, my story uh, about losing my mother uh, to ovarian cancer um, uh, has been out there, and, and this is a, uh, a passion of mine. You know, it's, uh, losing a parent at such an early age really can... Uh, affect the rest of your life. It's, it's formed who I am today, and, and uh, I want to try to you know, do what, whatever I can to, to make a difference in, in the lives of people who are dealing with ovarian cancer. Yeah, I know when you were younger, your friends, they were out enjoying their teenage years while you were home having to take care of your mother. Share with us, how did taking on these responsibilities at such an early age shape you? Yeah, you know, it was, uh, it was a hard thing. My mom got sick when I was 11 years old, and, and I remember the, the conversation that my parents had with, I have two younger brothers, with, with myself and my two brothers, and it wasn't initially a, um, the, the, the possibility of death was not brought up, of course, to, to young children, um, but we knew that, you know, going forward, mom was going to be sick, she wasn't going to be around as much, uh, you know, we had to be quiet all the time, that's sort of the, the responsibility of making sure that mom wasn't bothered, fell on me, of, my dad being at work of making sure that my mom had everything she needed. Was she eating? Were the doctors taking care of her? Was she getting everything she needed? Uh, were my brothers leaving her alone? You know, the, the, yeah. the things that you don't want to deal with when you're 11, 12, and 13 years old. And she went through multiple rounds of chemotherapy and radiation. Uh, and after about a year and a half, uh, they got it. They said, we're done. Um, congratulations, you're not sick anymore. And things went back to normal for a little while, but fairly quickly, uh, it came back, and it came back uh, aggressively. It had metastasized and spread. These are, um, 
you know, my mom had a hysterectomy and chemotherapy and radiation, and it was it was a difficult thing. It was a difficult time in our house and caused uh, caused a lot of problems within the family. Um, and you know, look, that was I'm talking 1988. That was 30 years ago, and we've had some great advances. I actually had a conversation with my father not long ago where he said, you know, who knows? Who knows what would have happened if, if she didn't get sick then, but she got sick now. Maybe, you know, maybe there's a possibility she'd still be with us. And, and that's, that's really the goal here, right? We're, we're talking about uh, back then, the doctors said, we did chemotherapy, we did radiation. All we can do is wait now and hope. And there are options now. And I want people, I want women, I want families, children of these women to know that just because your doctor says, now we got to wait, it's not necessarily only thing to be done. There are maintenance therapies out there that can extend the time uh, between recurrences. And it's, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a different time. You know, this is a doctor. Things have progressed fantastically in the last 30 years. Yeah, definitely. I read the research. It's quite impressive. Women uh, doing the watch and wait saw their disease return between four and six months compared to those that were on this maintenance therapy, which went a median of 21 months. So that's a significant difference. So tell us about this. Is this something that females would take uh, through their doctor daily, or do we know how, um, how often they need it? I don't. You know, I, I'm not here to talk about specific treatments, but people need to ask their doctor, and, they, and I think the important thing is knowing that these maintenance treatments are out there. Uh, and in order to spread the word, I shot a, a PSA for Not On My Watch. If, if you can go to notonmywatch.com and see this piece that I, I, I shot, and it talks about um, my story, sort of a little bit what I've given you. Uh, I partnered with Tesoro on this movement. And every time someone goes to it, checks it out, and shares it, uh, $5 will be donated to uh, ovarian cancer ad- advocacy groups. Right. That's awesome. I, I know there's so many celebrities that put themselves on this life is great pedestal and keep their trials and tribulations private. But you, you coming forward is very commendable. What advice do you have for, uh, you know, as being a former caregiver to those listening that are going through what you endured? Oh, man, you know, it's, uh, I, I think every situation is different. Um, I was so young when it happened. Uh, my advice to anyone going through this is to be as patient as possible. It can be extremely frustrating, and, and feelings and emotions are obviously heightened when you're, when you're dealing with a sick parent, a sick family member. It's not pleasant, and, and you know, anything you can do to, to benefit the time that your loved one has, uh, whether they're terminally ill or not, uh, you know, look, we are all here for such a short time anyway. Um, I, I really, I've never really talked about this before, about losing my mom. And, and uh, now with all these advances, I thought the, the time was right. And I just want to make sure people take care of one another. It's a, it's a really important thing, man. Yeah, and plus this wait-and-see hamster wheel that, you know, you went through with your mother. That's, that's, uh, that's heartbreaking, and this gives new hope to a new generation. So make sure you check out this uh, video. It's at notonmywatch.com. And I have to tell you, congratulations on your new TV series, ABC's uh, Whiskey Cavalier. It's getting some amazing reviews. It's kind of an American comedy drama. That's a different role for you, isn't it? Yeah, it is a different role. I'm... Um I'm really excited about it. You know, I've been I've been fortunate enough to to work for a number of years now, but most of my work has been in the uh, dramatic realm, and this is a, a bit of a departure for me and something that I've wanted to do. We we created this show in the vein of uh, you know like Moonlighting and Remington Steel, the shows I I grew up loving in the '80s, and uh, I think we really 
I don't know. I'm really proud of what we've done, man. I, I hope people enjoy it. Yeah, I watched the premiere last night. I have to say the chemistry between you and Lauren is a recipe that makes for a great success. It's kind of more like a movie to me. It seemed like I'm watching a movie versus a TV show and uh, that was filmed overseas, was it not? Yeah, I'm glad you feel that way. You know, we put a, a lot of effort into it. I moved my, I got three kids of my own now, and I moved my family to Prague to shoot this show. And we've shot not just in Prague, which is a, a fantastic location for filming, really picturesque. And, and can double as a bunch of other European cities. But we've also shot in London and Paris. I'm going to Austria after I hang up the phone with you to shoot a, an action ski sequence in the Alps. It's, uh, we're getting our money's worth here. That's great. I know your name is Will Chase, and that's a pretty fitting name for an FBI agent chasing bad guys. Almost as, as It's almost like the perfect dental name, Dr. Will Yankum, a nice Polish name. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God, that's not, not the dentist I want to see. No, that's definitely not. But you know, what's it been like working with your co-star, Lauren Cohen, who spent nine seasons crushing zombie skulls on The Walking Dead? I mean, do you ever get nervous, like put your hand over your head and say, no, it's the wrong, not this film? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, she can sometimes go off on a zombie tangent that's not quite right for our show. Uh, we, we, um, <laughs> we get along great. You know, I'd never seen The Walking Dead before. Uh, and, and wasn't familiar with her work, but when we were looking to cast the role, uh, you know, the only, my only request when we were, were casting that part was that whoever we get, be game, because I knew that this show was going to, you know, it's going to push people. There's a lot of action, a lot of fight sequences. Um, we had to move to Prague. You know, it was a lot, and she has been game so far, and I'm, I'm really proud of her and, and love the show we've made. That's right. I know there's definitely a Sam Malone, Diane Chambers from Cheers style of love-hate relationship building between the characters just in that first episode. So that keeps it kind of a, kind of interesting and exciting, like you said, with the uh, Remington Still type of uh, mentality. That's awesome. Not many people know this, but... Yeah. Oh, I'm glad you got that. Yeah. It, it, I think that's going to build up, you know, what next, what next. And that's I think that was the secret between Cheers being such a big hit is that little initial Diane Chambers, Sam Malone chemistry. So that's great. Not many people know this, but you're one of your stepping stones. Uh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I think I'm the Diane Chambers in this relationship. Yeah, <laughs> I noticed it was reversed. That's awesome. I I actually brief, I I briefly met I briefly met you on the set in, in Wilmington when you were on Dawson's Creek. I was treating the cast, and did you ever think you'd go from playing a high school jock to this massive success you've achieved? No, man, I didn't. I'm I'm so fortunate, you know. I, I Dawson's. You know, when, when we met, it was probably, had to be 22, 23 years ago yes. at this point. Um, and and I am, I'm so fortunate to, to really have, uh, have made my living doing this since then. Dawson's was a big break for me, and I'm forever grateful to those people. And I loved shooting down in, in North Carolina. Is that where you're from? Yeah, Wilmington. That's where we filmed. Oh, gosh, just beautiful down there, isn't it? It really is good. You know, Dawson's Creek has been such a stepping board for so many actors. So it was so great getting to know them and seeing them grow up because, you know, I worked on them all the years and I got to see these children turn into an adults and became like family to me. So it was really, uh, you know, it was like a family off off screen as well. So that's great. Is it true? And I really have to ask you, you grew up in Japan and speak fluent Japanese and then moved to Australia. Is that true? Uh Partially true. I um, we moved to Japan. I lived there for four years, and then uh, moved to Sydney for three and a half years. When I lived there, I was uh, young enough that I did pick the language up, and was you know the the semi translator for my family. Uh, but I left it. Let's see, I left when I was six years old. So uh, I do not speak fluent Japanese anymore. <laughs> yeah, I thought about that because I have a friend who lived in Japan and spoke the language, but after coming here, he lost it. And I've heard it's one of those if you don't use it, you lose it languages. 
You know, you've got to really stay fluent. So I'm like, wow, if he's fluent, he must be speaking it in his head when he's at this dentist about to yank his teeth. <laughs> yank him. Yeah, no, I, uh, I, I wish I could have, uh, wish I could have kept it up, but, but no, you know, we do still. I think the family adopted some phrases. You know, hurry up, let's go. Chotamate kudashai. Just wait a second. But aside from that, I, you know, I'd be lost if you let drop me in the middle of Tokyo. That's great. Well, Fantas, I know your time's limited, so uh, we appreciate you being here in the minute we have left. Is there anything else you'd like the listeners to know about Not On My Watch movement and how they can get involved? I just want everybody to know how important it is. You know, Not On My Watch is a partnership between myself and Tesoro. Go to notonmywatch.com. Check this out. If you like it, share it. $5 is going to be donated every time you do, and it's a, it's a really important cause to me, and anybody who's dealing with this disease uh, should really take a look at this and, and know that you don't have to just sit and wait, that there are maintenance therapies, there are options out there. So please ask your doctor and check it out. Fantastic. Well, thanks so much for being with us today and sharing this important topic. And be sure to check out Scott Foley on ABC's Whiskey Cavalier on Wednesday evenings at 10, 9 central. And to learn about Tessero's new maintenance treatment for ovarian cancer, go to notonmywatch.com and join the movement on Twitter at notonmywatch, on Facebook and Instagram at notonmywatch.tessero. And for my daily Facebook and Twitter posts, follow me at Dr. David Friedman. On Instagram, I'm at Dr. D. Friedman. If you heard Scott share something today that somebody you know needs to hear, they need this help, need this information, send them a link to this podcast available at toyourgoodhealthradio.com or radiomd.com. And while there, be sure and check out our podcast library and share these segments with friends, family, and coworkers, and on social media. This information is too important to keep to yourself, so sharing is caring. You can also subscribe to future podcasts on iHeartRadio and iTunes. More to come. Stay tuned and stay well.